sometimes simple is better. Get yourself a cup of tea or a beverage of your choice and get comfortable at the Beanbag Cafe. We talk about all things motherhood and modern day parenting without losing you in the process. Because after all, you were someone before you became someone's mother. I'm here to honor that. We dive in to all kinds of topics, whether how to prioritize you as a mom, how to choose the most useful items in your baby registry, or how to surround yourself with mom friends that uplift and support you. We have it all. Motherhood can be challenging, so let's do it together. One bedtime routine at a time. Welcome to the Beanbag Cafe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beanbag Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Julie Fernandes. I have background in occupational therapy and hand therapy, and now I coach moms to help them go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed and just surviving, you know, their kids to being thriving, confident, and in tune with their intuition and trusting themselves to be able to parent their families in the way that they want. But that's not always easy. You need tools. You often need a mindset reset. And that's what I'm here for. But today we are going to be talking about traveling with babies. Now I talk a lot about traveling with kids in general, but this is specific to traveling with babies. Maybe you're someone who is a bit nervous to get on the plane with their baby for the first time. The holidays are coming up and you're like, I want to go and see my family. Uh, And the only way to do that is to get on a plane. So if this is something that you're interested in, learning some tips and tricks of the trade when it comes to traveling with children, then make sure you keep listening. Okay, so I want to thank my friend Brooke, who wrote to me about this question. Essentially, she has a three-month-old baby. She's getting ready to fly by herself with her baby on the plane to visit her family over the upcoming holiday season. So at the time of I'm, the time that I'm recording this, it is late in October and we're getting ready for Thanksgiving here in the United States. And then obviously all the holidays that come in December, depending on what you celebrate. And even if there's no holidays involved, uh, you will probably find that you might want to travel or need to travel with your kids, with your babies um, in the future. So I hope this is helpful for you. A lot of these principles kind of translate as they get older, uh, but I think it is there is something unique about traveling with a teeny tiny baby. Actually, I think it's kind of good, but I'll get into that. I want to break some of uh, the misconceptions about traveling with kids on a plane. So uh, yeah, I want to say thanks to Brooke for asking this question and let's dive into it. So I've actually been doing a little bit of a travel series over on my newsletter. So if you want to subscribe to that, I'll have a link for it in the show notes. Uh, And basically, I get a lot of questions about traveling with kids because people see me traveling with them a lot. Um, A little bit of background to me, if you are landing on this podcast and you have no idea who I am, I am originally from South Africa. I lived there for... 26 years. So all of my formative years, um, and I've been back, um, you know, a bunch of times since then, uh, my family still lives there. And, uh, I moved to the States, you know, like over 10 years ago now, uh, we've had all our kids here. I live in Austin currently, and, uh, that requires travel. If we ever want to take them back to South Africa or see our family. Now, I don't only want to go to South Africa, I also want to travel to other places in the world. So we've done a lot of different types of travel across time zones, 
you know, short trips, longer trips, um, obviously international trips, domestic trips, the whole thing with one, with two, with three children. So I've done many different iterations and I've also done a lot of iterations of them being different ages. And I want to discuss that as well, because I have an opinion about quote unquote, when is the best time to travel with your kid? When is it not as easy to travel with your kid, etc., etc. If you have the luxury of planning that kind of thing, just something to think about. So um, yeah, I want to start off with my opinion on age. In my opinion, the younger the baby, the better. Now, when I say young baby, I mean anything from, say, six weeks, two months old till about six, seven, maybe eight months till kind of like crawling, extra wiggling phase. Whilst not impossible, whilst we still do it, I have a 17 month old now. I took her by myself to South Africa when she was 14 months, I believe, something like that. 15 months, maybe. Uh, she was very wriggly, but you know, we survived the 25 hour trip or whatever it was. And that was because I kind of quote unquote needed to go back then. I don't have the luxury of, you know, pausing her age. Um, but if I, if in an ideal world, I was planning a trip or I had a brand new baby and I was like, I really want to go somewhere, you know, see my family for the holidays or something the earlier, the better. The reason I say six weeks, two months is obviously you've just had a baby. You need to recover. You need to have some level of mm, new normal in order to even entertain the idea of travel. Uh, There's also, you know, I guess the school of thought that obviously a very young baby, like anything younger than sort of uh, a month, they're very fresh. They, you know, they don't have a strong immune system yet. Um, you're exposing them to public, a public place on a plane, all this kind of stuff. This is really up to your personal level of comfort. That being said, I have flown. I'm, I was trying to think, I think for Theo, my first child, and this was also pre COVID, right? Um, I flew when he was, I feel like he was either six weeks or eight weeks old. And I felt comfortable doing that. I flew domestically. So I I think we flew from New York to Utah. Uh, I I went for my graduation of my doctorate in occupational therapy, and I didn't want to miss it. So we took him um, and I was comfortable doing that because he was breastfed. So I feel like all the antibodies from me were keeping him healthy. He'd had probably the first or second round of vaccines at that point. He's with us on a plane. Um, He's like really breathing my air. So he's not really breathing different kind of germs from normal. Um, I think my husband went with me, which was really nice. So like he's the one sitting next to me. So in terms of like germs and things like that, you know, at some point your baby has to be exposed to the outside world. It's just up to your level of comfort. Um, I'm of the, if the baby is fine, healthy, weight, doing well, I think it's fine to do it a little bit earlier. Uh, And, you know, I felt like the plane, I mean, we know more about this now because of COVID, but the plane is really recycling a lot of air. It's probably cleaner than, you know, restaurants or definitely than the airport and public places. So it's really up to your personal comfort level. So I flew with him when he was eight weeks old. And then I flew with Neve, my third child, uh, when she was, I believe, five weeks old. We moved from New York to Austin. So again, not these like super long flights, but uh, three to four hours, depending. And then obviously things don't always go according to plan. You're at the airport for a long period of time. Um, Again, she was breastfed. She was like really like, I'm, you know, you're carrying her like right there. 
under your chest kind of thing. So I feel like from a sort of getting sick perspective, the, the risks are fairly minimal. And if it is comforting to any new moms out there, both of my children or all three of them were totally fine. I don't really feel like we get, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of flying in terms of germs on a plane. Let me, let me just say that. Okay. That's just my personal comfort level. Not everyone is the same. I have my own fears and, you know, things like that. Um, so two months old until they can sort of start wriggling, crawling. That is your golden period. And I'm going to tell you why. The first reason is they sleep a lot. They have a very high need for sleep. And an airplane can be a giant sound machine uh, with nice vibration and um, can really just, you know, lull them into sleeping. Okay, not every baby is going to behave this way on an airplane, but a lot of them do. And from what I've spoken to people, a lot of them are surprised by how well the baby does on a plane. Yes, you hear these horror stories about a baby screaming and you hear about parents giving, I don't know if this is true, but giving other passengers like like, I'm sorry if they cry goodie bags ahead of the flight. I mean, that to me is just OTT craziness, but good for them that they have the capacity to even think like that, that this is like a birthday party and they're giving them goodie bags. Good for them. Um, but in my experience, they're usually pretty good. It's really the toddlers that, get, that are more challenging, but we're focusing on little babies right now. So Um, They sleep a lot, which means that at least sometime during your journey, whether that's in the car on the way to the airport or at the airport waiting to board the flight or actually on the plane and then, you know, going back to your destination on the way back, they're going to sleep. If you put them in a carrier, they're probably going to sleep even better. Um, And if you're holding them, you know, they just want to be with mommy or daddy and, you know, that familiar smell and just feel comforted and held. All right. So hopefully you'll get a child that will sleep. I will also say that there's always this uh, concern and worry about when you're taking off on a plane that it's going to affect baby's ears and things like that. I really haven't experienced that too much. Um, And I've gone through it with three children and that's a lot of takeoff and landings. I I don't even worry about it anymore. I think first baby I did. um, If you have a pacifier, that might be something um, to consider. Otherwise, if you're breastfeeding them or you give them a bottle, they're just sucking and they're just regulating their ears and the um, pressure in the ears. To me, it really hasn't been a thing. Um, But that's just something to keep in mind and not to feel like bamboozled if your child does feel become fussy or cry during takeoff or landing. Okay. So then the other reason I think it's good to do it when they're young is that they're light and portable and they're not as wriggly and they're just easier to fit on your lap. They're not likely, you know, they don't take up so much space. Yes. Wonderful. If you have a seat empty next to you, I find that is not very common these days. They are really cramming people in. I don't know if there's just less flights, more people flying, more people are like seize the day post COVID, but it's rare to have a seat next to you. So thank the airplane gods, if you do get one um, that you didn't pay for. Uh, But yeah, they still fit like neatly on top of you. You can still like put them in the crook of your arm and their legs aren't going onto the next person and kicking them or kicking the seat in front. They're just all around a lot more pleasant and easy to travel with. Uh, Then you can hear that I'm a toddler mom because I have these, I mean, I have these recent experiences of not that, the opposite. Um, 
And the other thing is that they they mostly consume one kind of nutrition. I mean, if you are exclusively breastfeeding your baby, like maybe you don't even give them bottles because by the third one, I wasn't even into the bottles anymore. The, the first one, I was still a little bit more self-conscious about breastfeeding in public. And so I would travel with a bottle with him and it just, it, I felt uh, more comfortable, gave me a bit more flexibility. But I think as I've had more children, like the thought of like pumping and preparing the bottles and like carrying them through security and having them swabbed and the whole thing, like a bit of a hack for me personally, especially if the baby's going to be with me all the time. So they are the pump, um, but you need to do what is right for you. And also you might have too much milk and you feel like you need to pump to be comfortable. You might want your husband or your non breastfeeding partner to feed the baby. You might not be comfortable whipping out your boob, that kind of stuff. I feel like you can do it discreetly. If you're wearing just sort of light layers and like a zipped up top, baby can kind of just like snuggle underneath there, especially if you're sitting on a window seat, no one's really going to see you. So, um, but again, up to your personal, personal comfort levels. The point being that they consume one kind of nutrition for their food and their water. It's incredible. Plus you are the microwave, i.e. it's a perfect temperature. If you are breastfeeding, uh, you don't have to prepare anything. It could get a little bit messy depending on how old the baby is. Um, so I like to take like a swaddle blanket with me or just some kind of like very thin burp cloth. It could even be like a hand towel. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, just to, you know, cover yourself or clean yourself up or put it on the baby's head, whatever, you know your baby and how like spitty uppy they are. Um, but it's really easy. You don't have to worry about snacks and like them throwing food and warming up food or making sure they have enough food or the fact that the airplane food really sucks because it really does. And your kids are not going to eat it. Blah, 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 blah. Super easy food. You're sorted. Simple. Uh, the next thing, they don't require toys or like loads of entertainment. They don't need iPads or headphones or books or trinkets or things that you have to be responsible for and carry and like um, worry about or worry that you're going to leave it in the seat. Your face is perfectly enough entertainment. That is their screen time, your face, their voice, your voice. And then they go night, night. And it's great. And everyone's going to be like, wow, you're an amazing parent. Look how well behaved your baby was. You don't tell them the secret that babies are great at little at when they're young flying and it kind of gets worse when they get older. Anyway, that's a that's a, a conversation for another day. And I have done some other episodes about that, which I'll link um, travel episodes. I don't want you to be disheartened, but I feel like if you if you get to flying with them when they're young, then as you get older, you feel more confident as you get older, as they get older. Yes, you too. You feel more confident. You um, know the process and you're more likely to do it even when the ages are more challenging. And then the other thing is like, they're not going to resist you. You know, they're like your little doll. They go with you everywhere. They don't have an opinion about what you're going to dress them in or where they're going. They have no idea how long the flight is. It's just... Once you have a three-year-old, you understand what I'm saying, but minimal resistance or even a two-year-old and you don't have to pay for a seat for them. So they kind of cost the same. If you fly internationally with a baby, you do have to tell, well, you have to tell the airline that you have an infant in arms or infant in lap, uh, lap infant anyway, regardless. But especially if you fly um, internationally, you will have to pay tax for them, even though they don't have a seat, which is kind of cheeky because like they're not really taking up any they're not consuming any more resources than, you know, than if they weren't there, but you know, welcome to life. Um, but yeah, they don't take up a seat, uh, and they don't really need one. So talk to me when they're 18 months old, because then you will really want a seat, but don't want to pay for it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I could probably go on, but this, I feel like is a good list and a good starting point when, or if in your traveling journey, it gets a little 
frustrating or delayed or things don't go according to plan. There's just a lot of moving parts when you are traveling with a baby. Um, you will remember your why, like why you did this and like why it's a good idea to travel now at this point in, in time. So let's talk about setting you up for success, right? So here are some things that I find is helpful. You're not always going to have the ability to choose, uh, you know, when you fly, where you're flying to, what time of day, that kind of stuff. But if you can, these are kind of my tips. So if you have the option, try for a shorter flight first before you start like, you know, traveling overseas. So someone in my position where I have family far away, um, I was able to fly with my kids uh, short haul before I did fly internationally. But had that not been the case, I would have had to fly with them for the first time ever on a sort of 15 hour flight, right? Or, you know, eight hour flight layover for three hours, and then another 12 hour flight, whatever the, you know, uh, I want to say like the itinerary is for the flight. But if you can do a short flight, like a two hour flight or a three hour flight, where you know, it's going to end fairly soon and you can start to build up your confidence for flying and just get used to flying with the baby because it is very different than flying without one. I almost don't remember what it's like to fly without something, someone needing me, you know, um, there's just like a lot less moving parts. You don't have to try and stuff a stroller through a, through an x-ray machine. Um, you don't have to worry that someone's going to run off without you or that someone's going to get snatched or something. You know, it's just like, it's, a, I don't need to tell you it's a lot easier. Uh, and this way you can kind of just get your sea legs or your air legs as it was. I would also say maybe going to visit family for one of your first trips is great because that why will be very strong. Obviously they're all the feels when you're taking this little baby to see family, even if it, they've met them before, if it's been a couple of months since you saw them, baby's going to be so much bigger. They're going to be so excited. They're going to try and, you know, make you as comfortable as possible, have all the gear that you need, the baby bed or the, the stroller or anything like that. If you need more information on what gear to take, make sure that you are subscribed to my newsletter and you can always send me a message and I will send you a list of all the gear that I recommend when it comes to flying with a baby and a toddler. A lot of that gear kind of grows with you, uh, but if you do need more information, make sure you reach out for that. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. Um, but I think going to see your mom or your parents or something with your new baby is like, is really good and will help you stay motivated. And then the next one is I like to fly around mid morning. So like 10 AM, because if you think about it, if your flight is at 10 a.m., you need to be at the airport probably, depending on where you're flying, but probably like an hour to two hours before. And that means you need to leave home however much time before that. Anything that you need to do for yourself is probably going to take three to four times longer um, now that you have a baby. So you don't want to be waking. You don't want to have like an 8 a.m. flight, which doesn't sound that early until you start calculating backwards that you would have to wake up at like 4 a.m. to feed the baby and then prep everything and make sure you've showered or whatever you need to do. So I like to do a 10, 1030 flight. I try not to do the first flight in the morning, but I do like morning flights because I think your energy is better. You and baby, you're less likely to be grouchy. Babies are usually happier in the morning than towards the end of the day. And 
I think the flight is less likely to be delayed if it's a morning flight versus a 3 p.m. or 6 p.m. or something like that. I've just had bad experiences with flying later. You're much less likely to be delayed if it's morning. Um, and also if the plane is delayed, you can still get a flight out that day versus if your flight is only at 6 p.m. or 8 p.m., that's probably the last flight of the day. And then you're kind of in, you're in hot water there. So, and then the last thing is, if you can have someone go with you, it's always better to have more hands to help you so that you can leave baby, go to the bathroom by yourself or um, go and get a tea and then come back and there's just more hands to hold everything. But that's not always possible. Um, and in fact, my friend Brooke that wanted uh, me to talk about this, she's going to be flying by herself. So um, I want to reassure her and anyone else listening that, I mean, I've flown many, many times with babies by myself. I've flown t- many times with babies where there's two of them and one of me. It is possible. Would I prefer to have someone flying with me? Yes. So if your mother, your sister, your friend, your neighbor, your husband can fly with you, great. That's first prize, but that's not always practical. And so you want to um, make sure that you feel confident flying on your own with the baby. And so I have a lot of thoughts on that. So that leads me to my next little spiel, which is what to pack. Now, especially if you're flying on your own, but even if you're flying with a partner, Less is more. I cannot emphasize this enough. And I am met with so much resistance when it comes to flying. And I want you to think about why you feel like you need to have all of the things. Um, it's. I think it's an instinct. It's like it's a human instinct that we, we feel safe with all our stuff as if stuff is going to kind of save us. And yes, you do need certain things. And I've been on a really long flight, I think coming back uh, from South Africa to the States when Theo was a baby and he... Um, I, I, I had enough nappies as we call them diapers, but he started to kind of get like a bit of like a runny tummy and he was pooping a lot more, sorry, Theo, but he was pooping a lot more than I had expected. And I like basically ran out of diapers and had to like make a plan. So I never want to be in that situation again. So hear me when I say, when I say less is more, you don't need 700 outfits. You do not need like you know, three three checked in bags for a baby that has literally postage stamp sized clothes. You need a couple of outfits, depending on the length of the flight, um, in your hand luggage. And I recommend like a backpack. You can take like a medium sized tote bag. I think a backpack is nice because then your hands are free. Um, and I would recommend like a change of clothes for you potentially, or like just a change of your shirt in case you get like puked on or something. Um, but you know, traveling is not the most glamorous thing and you're going to shower probably before and you're going to shower when you get there. That's kind of just how it works. Even if you have a change of clothes, you're still probably going to be a little stinky, you know, depending on how long the flight is. Anyway, all I can say is trust me, less is more. Unless you're going somewhere like camping or, uh, somewhere where there is no, possibility of getting additional clothes either through your family buying baby clothes or something or maybe you buying you something treating you to something online shopping um amazon or a department store unless you're going where there's none of those things like where really if you needed to make a plan a no washing machine you don't need to over you don't need to pack we really do tend to overpack so take clothes that are versatile take a lot of black things that you can chop and change things that wash and dry easily I always pack for around three to five days, depending on the length. So like three to five outfits, depending on the length of a trip. So if I was going somewhere for two weeks to a month, I would probably pack five different outfits. If I'm going somewhere for a week, I'd probably pack 
three different outfits and you know like you're going to chop and change different shirts and stuff you're not going to look like you're wearing the same thing every day and who cares if you are um it's better than having to lug it all around because i've had to do that before also flying now bags are getting lost like crazy it's just nice to have less um and especially if you're going on your own you might need to be the one that lugs that suitcase around there might not be someone to help you and you still have a baby so i would definitely recommend um having the mindset of less is more having a change of clothes and your toothbrush or whatever on within your on your backpack in your backpack on your back um and so that you can focus on baby hands free i also like to car- to take a carrier with me when a baby is small um i would probably do that even more than a stroller but a, a travel stroller is great too i have some recommendations for travel strollers so make sure you're looking at my newsletter to see that um and also my instagram i've done a couple of reels about this so you can see which ones i recommend i do really like the nuna travel stroller um that's a new one that i've gotten recently and i would definitely recommend that for anybody a great one to put on your baby registry uh if you want someone to gift it to you that would be great the other thing i would recommend is infant tylenol i haven't really had to use this on an airplane never a bad thing so whichever age baby you have you get that appropriate medicine just fever reducing will tide you over if something unexpected were to happen and then for you as mom or the parents, snacks, because airplanes are severely lacking in this department. They really suck in the food department unless you're flying business. And even then, I don't know, you might not like the food or you might not be able to eat it or it might be too messy with the baby. Um, so pack things. I like to have the rule of like something that's not going to be too messy, something that doesn't need to be refrigerated, something that is real food, not just like treats. So like, I've re- like I kind of think of like, baby carrots. I like beef jerky or like South African biltong. I think that's like, it'll fill you up because it's protein. So maybe that's like turkey wraps or something for you. Um, I don't like traveling with like boiled eggs or something like that. Cause I feel like I like stinks and I wouldn't do that. And squishy and definitely needs to be refrigerated. Uh, cashew nuts, things like that, that will like, that have a little bit more nutritional value, seeds, nuts and seeds and things, um, than like just straight on chips. Although sometimes having a few like salty crackers and stuff is also, also good too. I've actually, this is not really directed to babies, but we will try and take real food on the plane for us. So sometimes we have ordered pizza the night before and then we pack it, um, in like a Tupperware, to take on the plane because you can eat it cold and as long as you're eating it within a certain amount of time like it's fine to be unrefrigerated it would come straight out of the refrigerator um because you get really hungry traveling and it's not always easy especially if you're doing those morning flights you're not always going to have time to go and have like a full-on meal before we do do that if we can like we'll get breakfast tacos or we'll sit down and have like a proper like brunch before the plane but like that's not always guaranteed and sometimes you just have to take the flight that is going to be the most convenient not the most convenient around your eating habits if you know what I mean and then you'll notice that I haven't said anything about toys I don't think you need to take toys or books or knickknacks for a baby this young Um, it's just more for you to carry it's more for you to forget and leave in the seat I don't really think it makes a measurable difference Um, and I've had to lug things around and then I never end up using them so it's only for a day a few hours so I really don't think you need to worry about that even as you get into toddlerhood less is more when it comes to toys All right, so now I want to know, what are your specific questions? What are your concerns when it comes to traveling, flying, road tripping with a baby? Road tripping is a little bit different, so this is really specific for planes, but the same kind of principles apply. Less is more for sure. Pick the time of day that you travel, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
But I'd be, I'd be curious to know, like, have you traveled with your baby? Do you plan to? Are you scared to? I've had friends that never want to travel with a baby because they're so worried about um, changing baby's sleep and like upsetting their environment. But babies are super adaptable. As long as they have food, clothing, shelter, mom, they are going to be fine. They're, they're actually very portable. So um, I would recommend that you travel with them now if you have, if you can stomach it. Um, you're not traveling for them. Like you're not traveling for them to experience the travel. You're traveling for yourself and they come with you. So remember that it's not about them per se. Um, that's for when they're older and can really like appreciate something. That's why taking a tiny kid to Disney world blows my mind. Um, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but this is something that's important for you. You know, we live in a global world. People are scattered all over the place. We don't live in these big tribes anymore. And a lot of us are separated from families. And so if you don't travel to see them, your child, you won't get to see your family, which you might really need right now. You might really need to be surrounded by family and and your support network. Um, and your baby doesn't get to kind of see where you grew up or that kind of thing. So I think it is worth it uh, to start young traveling before you have to pay for them while they're still easy and portable to take around. And then you'll feel confident as they get older into those more tricky stages, which is like, you know, eight months plus a year plus 18 months. Oh, that's tough. We are going to be taking Neve to South Africa when she is 18 months old. Um, yeah, please say a prayer for me. It's, it's um, I'm a little scared, but I know what it's, I know what it's going to be like. And my why is stronger than the pain of the flying so and the jet lag, so I'm willing to do it. But it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that you're listening. Thank you, Brooke, for your great question. I hope this podcast helps a lot of people that are in the same situation. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Let me know what I left out and what you have more questions about. I'm sure there's more there's always more to talk about, right? But I don't want to make this too long. I want you to be able to listen to it before you travel. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the newsletter, follow me on Instagram for daily updates. I've been really active over there recently. I put out two reels a day, sometimes just one, but mostly two reels a day, which let me tell you, if you make any kind of content, you know that that is um, a big deal, but I feel really, really passionate about it. And lastly, and certainly not least, I should have led with this, but as I said in the beginning, I coach moms and what that looks like is jumping on my calendar, booking a, what we call a discovery call. So just like a no strings attached 15, 30 minute discussion, talking about what you are going through right now and what you want to do better and how you need help because we can really benefit from helping, from being helped and helping other people. And I am here to help you thrive and really appreciate those early years in motherhood. And even if your kids are a little bit older, they're still, it's not like you give up on them, right? It's not like you return them and start again. So there's still so much work that we can do. And the sooner you do it, the better. So the, the saying goes that the best time to start something new was, you know, 20 years ago. And the next best time is now. So now, if you feeling like you have that little nudge that you need some help and support, get on my calendar or send me a message on Instagram or email me and let's just get chatting and see if there's a way that I can help you go from sort of feeling overwhelmed and kind of just in that survival state to thriving, feeling confident in your parenting, to trusting your intuition, to truly enjoying your children. As someone who now has a seven-year-old, seven and a half-year-old, I promise you, you want to 
You want to make those moments count, but not in the way that you feel pressured and frazzled to cultivate this perfect childhood. No, you want to enjoy it and have them living symbiotically with you, you know, being an additive to your life and you enriching them and sharing your lessons and life journey with them in a positive way, not passing on all your psychological BS that we all kind of have. And so I want to help you do that. Sometimes it just takes another perspective to help you realize those blind spots. So I'm here for you and I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to see you on the next episode or, you know, we won't see each other. I'm debating whether to do a video version of this. Let me know if you'd, if you'd watch a video of me talking to myself, essentially. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see you guys soon and until next time, let me know where you're traveling to.